Hey, this is Chelsea Perry. Welcome to Tame the Circus Brain. Hey guys, today we are talking about things I do to be happy part one. Now, I hear all kinds of different theories about joy and happiness and the difference between all of it. Okay, that's great. I don't care. I'm not into the verbiage of all of that. All I'm saying is a while ago, my mom read an article about people who are truly happy and she said, you do all these things. And I said, I do. (laughs) And I read the article and I go, I do all those things. You're right. I am constantly in a circle, in a cycle every day of my life, doing all those things, checking the boxes of the list. And I didn't mean to do it. I didn't know I was doing it. I read a lot of books about personal growth and things like that. And I listen to a lot of other people. And I'm sure I've gotten some of those through those tools. But I don't really remember where I picked these up. But I decided to make a list for you of some of the things that come to mind because it seems like a lot of people are dealing with being sad and down and upset and aren't getting up as swiftly as you could after trauma happens or uh, disappointment or all the inevitable drama that life brings. I feel like the biggest thing is just getting back up. That is the biggest thing. So I just want to encourage you. I was born with a uh, skip in my step. My parents talk about it all the time that I just have always been happy and they haven't uh, seen much depression. I'm not like a down personality. So don't tune me out. If you are and you have a temperament like that, don't tune me out because I have something for you. It's not just because it's my nature. I actually have specific things that I do consistently that I might just be more prone to doing, but I still think they really apply to you. So I was born that way. Like that is my nature. That is my dynamic. But life has knocked me around like crazy. And I could tell you a lot of stories for credibility that I feel like you would go, okay, okay, the girl can talk. The girl's got some stories, but it's none of your business. (laughs) And we don't have time in a 15 minute podcast for me to tell you some of the crazy stuff. So I have had seasons where I have dipped into major darkness, major isolation, huge times of feeling like the world was going to end and and my role in it was over and this is horrible. I've, I've dealt with some crazy seasons, but I'll tell you this, I come out of them. I get out of it. And I haven't let myself get into another one of those seasons in a long time because when I start to feel life punching me around, I start punching back. And so I just want to encourage you, you have to fight for yourself. There's no one else that knows what you need. And I know we hardly know what we need. I mean, literally, most of the time, I have to go through my list of fundamental needs first. Have I had enough water? Have I had a healthy meal? Earlier, I was feeling really dizzy. I told my friend, I'm feeling really dizzy. Well, have you eaten? No. And guess what? I had taken all my vitamins and I had coffee and water only. Really smart. No wonder I'm feeling dizzy. It's so dumb. Like our basic needs, you have to take care of your basic needs. Water, eating, sleep. And then have I resolved conflict? Do I have weird emotional um, things hanging out over my head that I, I don't even realize that are in my subconscious or conscious, conscious realm? Um, just all all these little simple things that you just go through. It can, have I exercised? Because that will be a major boost. 
I can write out the things that I'm upset about. So those toxic thoughts aren't just ping like a ping pong ball, like bouncing around in my head until I deal with it. So I'll make a list, all kinds of things that you can do just to get yourself to a healthier state. And it really works. Uh, It's an amazing thing. So here, those weren't on my list. That was just the stuff off the top of my head. So here are some of the things that I work on that really help me to stay happy. I realized I work to be worry free. Now, this is a daily, sometimes hourly thing for me because worrying runs in the family. My grandma was a wonderful worrier. Uh, It's one of those things that it would it would be like she'd love you by worrying about you, you know, and didn't realize that she was doing it. But it would just be like, call me when you get home, honey. You know, like, "Ah, hope she makes it home. You know, that kind of feeling where you're like, ah, it's kind of fear producing and I realized I just deal with worry. So I worry. What does worry even do? The only thing worry does is provide an ulcer in your stomach. It takes sleep away from you. It probably gives you gray hair. It's not anything that actually advances your problem. It only makes your problem worse. So worry. What is worry? It's like obsessing on something and a lot of times obsessing to a negative bend. So you're thinking and thinking and thinking about things in a negative way. Well, those toxic thoughts produce toxic chemicals that pump, pump through your body. And I know there's people right now, I feel it. There are people that know exactly what I'm talking about. Well, that's not how you're supposed to live. And if you've lived like this forever, I just want you to know there's a new way to live. And there are a lot of different ways that you can handle the worry. Part of it is If you are in any kind of control of the situation, do your part. Go straight to your part of whatever it is that you're upset about. Like if it's a relational conflict or it's something you got to get done with work, whatever you can do to prevent it, go for it. And then other than that, you got to let it go because you can't just hold on to it with white knuckles and think that you're contributing. You're not. Here's a newsflash. Your worrying is not helping anything at all. So... That is something that I work on daily is I get my own part of whatever it is done. And then after that, I really let it go. The next thing is I resolve conflict quickly. I do not let things linger. And what's hard is if you have relational conflict with somebody and the person that you have conflict with does not like to resolve things fast, it's very, very hard because somebody like me, I will be up for three days straight, like until whatever it is that's going on can be resolved. It's like, you know, I I just keep running the conversation over and over and over again in my head or whatever's going on. And the sooner that I can work out whatever it is that's upset, upsetting me, even if it's a misunderstanding or an expectation thing or whatever it is that's going on, I just go straight to the person. That's what I've learned to do. And so it's really hard when the partner in that conversation wants to pretend like it didn't happen, wants to sweep it under the rug, doesn't want to quote unquote make a big deal out of it. But really what they're doing is prolonging the inevitable. That thing builds momentum and it feels like a natural disaster in your heart. And it's so upsetting. And so the sooner you can get that thing resolved, the better. However, on the other side, I haven't been ready sometimes the same day. Like you have to work through it. Sometimes I won't say anything for a while. The other thing is if the participant can't really handle the truth. If this thing that you really want to say of how you really feel, you know, it's just going to derail them. They're going to be, they'll never get it. 
They don't really have ears that are willing to hear the truth. And you know that. You'll know that in your gut. You'll know it's not worth me putting myself out there and expressing this. It could either hurt them or ultimately they just come back and kick you. You know, it's like wise men love correction. They love it. But also, especially when you're coming at it from a position of love. And so fools, though, they can hate you for correcting or rebuking them because if they don't have the ability to tune in to what you have to say. And so I try to make it really easy on people to coach me or to correct me or to say that really hurt my feelings. I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry. Please tell me. I'm not like, well, I didn't even mean it like that. You know, my heart, you know, I, I work really hard to not be defensive because it's it's I want people to be able to tell me the truth because it helps me. I never want to be the person that doesn't have accountability or that no one can tell. And it's like people know these huge issues about me, but I don't know it because no one's been able to cross the threshold of all of my boundaries and defenses that I put up. And I've seen that and I have that in my life. I have people that I'm like, I'm not telling them (laughs) because you know that you reach out your hand and you pull back a bloody stump. And so I'm just not up for that. So I get both sides of it. Okay, the third thing I do, I exercise and I eat right. Now, this is a seasonal thing for me. I have just, I've been dealing with a medical issue for two and a half months about, and the doctor told me not to exercise. And so that's been really, really hard for me emotionally because the act of exercise really helps me with my chemicals. My like toxic chemicals get moved around and I start getting all the feel good chemicals that are coming out, the endorphin rush and all of that stuff, like your blood's pumping. It really helps me to exercise emotionally big time. Like even if that was the only reason that we did it, I would do it for that. And so it's been really challenging. So I started exercising again and then the medical thing has gotten a little bit worse. So I'm like, hey, trying to figure out what to do. So it's that's an awkward thing. But this is something in my life that I'm always endeavoring to be my most fit, toned, healthy, lean self where my body is never in the way of the desires I have in my heart. Like I always, I never want to be too tired or I can't walk that long or anything like that in my life. So I exercise and healthy eating is always a part of my daily routine. It really is, unless I'm in a weird funk like right now. Today will be day five of me working out, though I've kind of been disobeying and doing it anyway. Um, so don't judge me for that, okay? <laughs> Actually, what I realize is, man, I really need exercise. It really, after not exercising for two months, what I realized is, it really helps me emotionally. It really helps me. And the daily discipline of it, of just the routine, really, really helps me. So I've been doing the Beach Body All Access Pass uh, for a few months. A friend gifted me with P90X3. If you follow me on social media, you saw I, I finished that. It was awesome. But I, I went over from actually your advice. Some of you guys were like, do to, to do the all access. And so I did it, even though I'm less of a digital girl and I'm more <laughs> that sounded like I'm a Barbie girl. That reminded me of one of the lyrics. OK, welcome to my brain. Anyway, I did the all access pass and I'm really excited. I, I just started a new program 
But that's what works for me in this season of my life. I love going to the gym. I love boot camps. I love all of the craziness. But in this season of my life, working out at home for 30 minutes where it makes me really sweat and I'm I'm really tracking with the coach works for me the best. So that's why I've, I've not settled on that, but that's why I'm doing that right now. But I think any exercise works. Walk. Go outside and walk. You know, throw on a hat. Put on your sunscreen and walk, grab a water and just think, listen to music, listen to the birds. Riders walk. I've heard this a lot. Riders are walkers because there's lots of space for thinking and you watch nature and all that stuff, blah, blah, blah. Who knows if it's real, but I've read that a lot of different places. (laughs) Okay, but I'm in a season right now. I'm not walking a lot. I'm exercising at home. So it just depends. Number four, I celebrate life often. I work to celebrate little moments of life because if you wait for the big moments of life, there really aren't that many. There really aren't. You get one birthday a year. We have Christmas once a year. We, You know, it's like there's not a lot of, there's not enough natural times to celebrate. And really in those times, most of the women I know are super stressed out and maybe the men are stressed out because they haven't gotten their gift yet late. But I'm, what I've noticed is the women are scrambling to, and that's maybe that's very um, sexist, but this is just my observation that we're scrambling to provide an incredible opportunity or moment for tradition and, you know, cooking meals. And in my family, a lot of the guys cook too, but for some reason the girls are more stressed out about everything than the guys they contribute. But for some reason, The girls are the ones that are like, I hope it turns out great. They're like, it'll be fine. So we're all working on that, I guess. But I would just say celebrate often. Find reasons to do things. Like I I bring, like my sister the other day finished recording something for uh, an album that's coming out. So I saw these roses at Trader Joe's that looked exactly like the color of her pink hair. They were beautiful. They were like, I could describe them as ice pink. And they had all these different shades of pink in them, and they were so gorgeous. And I'm telling you, I think it was $10 at the most. And I brought her this huge bouquet of roses just for finishing her recording because I love her so much. And why not celebrate that and honor that? And then I knew I was going to be in a meeting with my mom, and I was at Trader Joe's again, and I love their roses. And they had a deal on roses, and I I saw my mom's favorite color, and I got them for her just because it's my mom's favorite color. And I literally walked into the meeting, and I said to her, you're the homecoming queen of the meeting. <laughs> I know I'm ridiculous. And I didn't tell – I didn't draw attention to it. Nobody else saw it. I did it discreetly. But I, like, think I'm so funny. Like, I'm still laughing at myself telling you that. Like, that's so ridiculous. But that's why it's funny. Like, the pageantry of it. It's just how do I honor her? How do I – Who doesn't love flowers? I mean, if somebody doesn't love flowers, like what's wrong with you? Um, It's like not loving chocolate. Like these are little simple treats in your life that, you know, it's just fun. It's like, why not make this a moment that we celebrate and honor my sister? Why not celebrate and honor my mom? And they do those things for me. I remember when I finished writing a script and my sister and her husband came over and brought us a meal and it was amazing. And we all sat and celebrated outside on my deck with this meal. And it was so special. It felt so significant. And I've heard that the Pixar team will hire a mariachi band who they come around like the cubicles, which I'm kind of doubting that Pixar people still have cubicles, but maybe they do. Um, But one of the books I read, they were saying that 
they're, they finished these amazing movies and they're all alone by themselves with their computers. So they figured out a way to celebrate it. And so they'd have a, a mariachi band come in. I love that stuff because it's like, why not place a reason to party everywhere? Celebrate life. Celebrate the little things. It's just so exciting. I actually wrote a song about it um, called Celebrate. And it's really funny. Like just basically every day, find a reason to celebrate. Number five, find things to be grateful for. I'm grateful I'm alive. I'm grateful to have a family I love. I'm grateful that I have legs and I can run. I mean, I do this every day, especially in this dark time for me. And I am in a season of where I'm fighting. Like I'm really fighting. And I have been for two and a half months. I think it's a half. I just kind of put a half on there. It might be like two months in a week. I don't know. But it just feels like I feel like rounding up. Okay, like maybe it's five months. It feels like forever. But I know people have dealt with way harder than this. So I just think, how did they do it? How did these other people survive this? How do I have a quality life while I'm still trying to find healing and health in these areas? You know, like. I'm in the middle of it. What I'm saying is I'm not just always dancing around in a field with butterflies. I am fighting and I'm working to do all these things on my list every day. So I'm telling you, this isn't a personality trait. This is a choice I've made. Hey, thanks for listening. And I'll be back to talk more soon. 